Welcome to the Plaza Podcast, stories from Manhattan Plaza. I'm your host, Patrick McAndrew, coming to you from Manhattan Plaza in New York City. Manhattan Plaza is a residential complex in the city that never sleeps. 70% of its residents are members of the performing arts who have worked in film, television, and on Broadway. Each week, we bring you creative works and conversations with these very residents. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. For episode three of the Plaza Podcast, we are joined by Betty Graham. Betty will be reading a piece called Salon Talk. This piece was inspired with the thought and a need to respect all people as equal human beings, because Betty believes that life is so valuable. She encourages us to listen to the belittling way the main character treats other characters. As a former stand-up comedian, Betty continued tweaking this piece to see if she could heal from being one of the victims of this malicious character. Betty Graham is a previous member of the National Improvisational Theater Company. She has performed stand-up comedy, created and produced her own one-woman show, and has worked as a teaching artist for the past 33 years. Now she is interested in exploring the wide world of podcasting. So please enjoy Betty's piece, Salon Talk. Salon Talk. It was my first real job after graduating beauty school in 1985. I was so excited sitting there in that prominent salon sorting out hair weaving thread. Wow, that place was located in the middle of West 125th Street, two doors from the Apollo Theater. I felt I was on top of the world. One day after I had been employed for around a month, went in, walks what I call the boy from Ipanema. Hmm, I had never seen a man that looked like that coming here. He was wearing a light suit topped off with a wide brim straw Panama hat as he glided across the loft and stared into the street from the second floor huge glass windows. Hmm, who in the hell is this fine looking ass guy that just got past Avalon's front desk? As she always checked to see how much money she was going to charge them. After a few moments as everyone stared at this amazing species, the man turned away from the window and headed straight towards me. I was nervous as hell and dropped the threading spool and grappled to pick it up before he made it to the stool I was sitting on. As I looked up, he leaned over. You work here now? Yes. Evelyn, when did you hire her? Almost a month ago. She's a student from the school. I decided to try a student this time. What's your name? Lala. All right, Avalon, I'll see you later, baby. What 
that's my husband, Melvin. Oh, no, she ain't done going and got her a player. That brother's a player. The next day, I called my best friend when I'd gone to beauty school with Zone. Guess what? You ain't going to believe this. Oh, mean ass Avalon has a player. Girl, that dude was decked out to the bone. What, Lala? What you say? And he was finer looking than the finest. Girl, you got to see him. And eventually she did. One day at the shop, Avaline says to me, do you know a student who does braids? Yes, but it takes 12 hours for her to finish the entire head. 12 hours. Mm. Tell her to come in. Yes, Miss Avaline, I'm a good braider. Okay, you can start, but 12 hours, you have to bring up your speed. Because these lady pays $400 a head for those braids. I'm not going to lose $100 an hour messing with you. Okay, I'll try. Try nothing. This is a business. You do it. And as for the rest of y'all supposed to be hairdressers, when you come into my weave room, you better not glance down at my hands while I'm weaving a customer. If you got $2,500, you can learn what I know, and I teach you. Avalon never stopped preaching and preaching. Listen to me. I want all those ladies out of here in three hours. They make me sick. All I want is their money, just like the rest of y'all. And don't be holding no unnecessary conversation with these customers, and especially you, Lala stalling all these good looking guys just so you can keep looking at how fine they are. Girl, give me that shampoo hose. This ain't how you shampoo nobody. And guess who would be left drying the back of the customer's clothes with a blow dryer for the next 30 minutes? Me. The only thing we had to look forward to was Melvin coming in toying with us. Hey, Lala, what are you doing today? Oh, just here. Zone, you taking care of all of those kids? That's my job. Sue, Sue, what time your boyfriend coming to pick you up? My baby's coming at exactly 6.30 p.m. sharp. Well, I hope you'll be finished work by then. Melvin pretty much let us all know that he was the one that was actually in charge and she let him think it. Excuse me, okay, everybody start back working now and I'm telling y'all, y'all better be in here on time at 9 a.m. in the morning. Boy, Lala, I'm so glad we got a break to talk. She gets on my last fucking nerves with her big ass mouth. I got four kids, so how she want me to come in here so damn early? Oh, hey, what's that old donate saying? I hear you back there talking under your breath. Come out here. I said, I live in Brooklyn, and I can't be coming here early and staying half the night. I have four kids. I don't give a damn about your kids. This is a business. You got that? Fuck your business. Fuck you too. 
shit, let me, let me just pack my shit and get the fuck out of here. We were always quitting when we got mad at Avon. I don't know who put the most between me, Zone, and Susu. But we usually came back because we had good times with them too. Like one day we went to Jersey to be in the hair show at the Hilton Hotel. I was always running up on this raised balcony to sit in this huge queen-like wicker chair in the restaurant that faced out towards the lobby. Melvin spotted us girls there three different times and he singled me out. Lala, if you don't get back to the booth and do some work, I'm going to snatch all that weave out of your hair. And we laughed and, and scurried back to work. After working the booth, Melvin would come to our room, flirt with one of the girls and smoke some weed until Aveline came and broke the party up. Hey, y'all weed heads, let's go downstairs and dance. And we party all night. But the next week at work, it was back to the same routine. This went on for the next 10 years. Customers coming in, complaining about their hair. We was coming loose after playing thousands of dollars to Avalon. She would be nasty, rude to all of them. Hmm. Yes, Avalon had to keep Melvin looking good. Through all the madness, I managed to keep my job because Avalon would made us reuse the end papers on the new customers who would get perms or roller sets. You know, that's illegal and nobody else would do it. So I kept my job. Anyhow, she taught me how to wash and rinse the customer's shredded hair strands off the papers, then lay them on a huge towel to dry. Nevertheless, I enjoyed it because I could hide behind a petition in the back and listen to WBLS radio station that played love songs all day in which I would have a ball reminiscing about my ex-boyfriends and no one would bother me until I got a customer. This went on for another five years until one day, Avalon disappeared. Believe it or not, we were all saved. There had been a rumor going around that she would eventually create her own demise by the way she treated her customers and just all the people in general who had crossed her path in life. The cops came, the detectives, and even her out-of-town family. But no Avalon. I never saw her again. We all just kept waiting and waiting and waiting, but nothing happened. Did the demise happen or not? And who would have done it? To be continued. What inspired this piece, you know, like autobiography is... Uh, you know, I was involved and I named myself Lala. I changed the names and everything. And, um, you know, actually I, when I started doing stand-up, I said, let me, you know, let me see if I can make this funny. Even I took a class and I was trying to, you know, put humor in it so that, you know, I could like heal my own self, you know, too, because I know humor is healing. 
And I, I never, I think if you got a couple of laughs out of this, great, because I never, you know, we did so much more there, but <laughs> it's so terrible for a person to be treated so inhumane. And we do have these people in the world that treat people like this. You know, so I, so I said, let me try. And I, it, it always stayed in the back of my mind. So I brought it up. And uh, it was about, you know, like this first salon job that I had. It was terrible. But um, I made it out. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Still surviving. I hope you enjoyed Betty Graham's piece, Salon Talk. Please be sure to tune in to our next episode of the Plaza Podcast to hear more creative works by Manhattan Plaza residents. We look forward to seeing you then.